Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. This is Kelly Dean from the Tummy Team, and I'm excited to share a story of one of our online clients, Katie. Katie's going to share about, I think she's done more than one of our programs, and um, about her pregnancies and how she's healed her diastasis and pelvic prolapse. So it's going to be a great story for you guys to hear. And thanks, Katie. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. So why don't you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and um, kind of what led you to even looking for an option, um, how you heard about diastasis, what was going on? Just kind of give us a little bit of a background. Sure. Um, So back in early 2017, I was pregnant with baby number four. And um, my husband was in the military. So we had moved around quite a bit. And I had a different midwife for each baby. And so baby number four, we're in Iowa, and I have a new midwife. And I go in for my first trimester appointment. And she goes, I'm going to check your tummy. And I thought she meant the heartbeat. And so she had me do a little crunch and lift my head. And she goes, oh, okay, well, you have a DR. And I, at the time, didn't know what that meant. Um, Mm -hmm. But she kind of acted like it wasn't a big deal. And she goes, we'll just get you to PT when you're done being pregnant. And um, didn't say anything else about it. And so I went home and kind of went on like a crazy Google search um, and just down the rabbit hole to find out what that meant. And I wasn't satisfied with the, we'll just wait till you're done. Because all I could think was, well, my stomach's about to get huge. Like, I'm going to blow this DR wide open. Um, So I knew I wanted to. What's interesting is that she checked you, but then didn't have, didn't, like a lot of midwives don't check. But I thought at first I was like, oh, it's cool that she decided to check you so early in your pregnancy. But then she really didn't have any resources for you. So that kind of leaves you hanging a little bit, huh? It did. It did. And everything I read online was terrifying. Um, And so I, through a late night research thing, I came across the Tummy Team website and started just like really digging into your website and watching clips and videos. And you had a few things on YouTube and I went there and um, I just told my husband, I was like, I feel like there's hope. Like she's, you know, Kelly is saying, I can do this while I'm pregnant. I can work on healing and strengthening. And um, so I knew I wanted to make the leap. And so that's when I signed up back in 2017 for the prenatal program. And then I did that while I was pregnant with our fourth baby. Cool. So um, tell me about that pregnancy. I, I, I know a little bit about this because we you've talked to me about it before, but tell me how that pregnancy ended up going and how the delivery was. Um, the pregnancy itself, I kind of went into it feeling really defeated in terms of 
the DR because there's just not a lot, I feel like, online about people who have healed from a DR, who lead a successful mom life or keep having babies without a lot of pain. Um, so, but I felt once I started doing the online prenatal course, I felt more confident and felt like, okay, at least I'm doing something. Like I know I'm pregnant right now and putting pressure on it, but I got my splint and I wore my splint. Um, I worked really hard about incorporating different things from the prenatal program into my everyday life in terms of bending and chores and um, things like that. So I was feeling not as defeated and more confident by the time I got to my labor. Um, the Our daughter ended up being face up for the majority of the labor and then descended very, very fast. Um, she came out very fast. She was so bruised. They had to label her bassinet that said, I'm breathing. I'm just bruised. And, um, we, we didn't even send out pictures of her for like the first five days. Cause she was just so black and blue and purple. Um, and so at first I was feeling okay. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm doing really well. And I'll jump back into my TA holds and I'm going to be better about nursing, like nursing posture. And then a few weeks after she was born, my bladder prolapsed. And I feel like that is when I hit rock bottom emotionally. Um, yeah. You know, just being 31 and feeling so physically broken was really hard for me. Yeah, I I know that um, when people uh, people reach out to us often in that moment, like you know, right right when they have prolapse symptoms and the fear and panic and despair that comes across mm -hmm. the moment when they reach out to us, you know, I, I often am just talking people off the cliff, you know, I know this oh, is yeah. scary. I know this is super scary because there's also, um, there's, there's a visceral response to your body too. Your body actually gets kind of scared because something's not where it's supposed to be. An internal organ is not where it's supposed to be. And there is, there is kind of like a neurological fight or flight kind of response that happens that is, is physical, not just emotional, but then you put the emotional stuff. And a lot of times these are very hormonal women as well, because that's a component of what's going on. And so my first initial thing when I reach out back is just, okay, let's not panic. You know, this is, this is treatable. Um, it's very scary, but your body is simply communicating that it is really tired really weak and this is the only strategy it has is to kind of bulge out here so let's kind of backpedal a little bit and and start start looking at what we need to do and I think I think that alone kind of helps people take a deep breath and go okay <laughs> you know okay we're, <laughs> we're we can step forward now but I I can see how like you um you did some work in your, in your pregnancy and you, and you still kind of had this experience, which can be really extra demoralizing because you're like, well, gosh, I, I actually was working on some of these things and I still kind of had this experience. Um, okay. So tell me, tell me what the next step was for you. 
Um, so after having, like you said, just a good spiral and like just standing at the edge of the cliff um, and really just grieving the fact that I was more broken than I thought um, I had been, I again, just kind of got this attitude of, I, you know, I want to do something. I have to do something. Um, I did initially think, and my husband and I had discussed, like part of the grief was I thought, you know, I, we won't be able to have more kids. Like if this is it now and I'm already prolapsing, like with each pregnancy, the things you read online or, or stories you come across are that it gets worse. Um, and so we really thought that we wouldn't be able to continue to have more kids. Um, so during one of the sales, I, you know, I did jump back into my exercises and doing the TA holds and the kegels. And I, um, I just really kept at it and just kept being faithful to do those exercises every day. Um, and I just felt that if I continue with the lifestyle changes and I make more changes, keep doing the exercises, you know, that I would, we're willing to see some progress. And I purchased core foundations during one of the sales. And I did that. Um, and I just, I made kind of like the tummy safe, my lifestyle and how I picked up my kids and how I nursed and how I did things and just really tried to respect my body and the fact that, you know, I'd brought four tiny little humans into the world. And if that meant I had to, I had to spend time exercising those muscles and taking care of those muscles and making sure they were strong for doing the job that I was doing. Um, how long did you, so before you did core foundations, when you just started kind of doing some of the stuff you knew from prenatal core postpartum, did you start to feel a difference in the prolapse symptoms? Could you tell that it was helping or were you still kind of unsure? I could tell it was helping. Um, it was hard at first because I was nursing mm-hmm. a lot. And um, I felt like I would, I was doing them, but I remember the first, when I really started to feel like, okay, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm significantly making progress was when our daughter hit about the six month mark and, you know, our nursing was a little bit less and there was more time in between feedings. I had introduced solids. And so then I felt like I was really making like faster and more significant progress. Um, and then by the time she was a year, I, I had zero symptoms at all. Um, and I had not been internally checked, but I knew from myself that no matter what I was doing, I didn't have any of the symptoms at all. Yeah. Did you, um, so when you you told me a little bit about your story back in that panic stage you um did you go to a pelvic floor physical therapist back then when did you see somebody in person I thought part of your I story did when you went and when my bladder mm-hmm. initially prolapsed when my bladder initially prolapsed I went because I wasn't sure I honestly didn't know what organ was where it shouldn't be but I knew that something looked like it was coming out that should not be right. Um, and so I went to a pelvic floor therapist and she confirmed it was my bladder. And her advice was just to 
go home and do kegels until it felt different. <laughs> and I remember being like, that's not helpful. Like, <laughs> I can't just kegel my way there. Like, and, did, did, and then did you go see somebody else? So after um, my daughter was a year and I felt like I'd made significant progress, I went to my, just like a well woman's checkup. I scheduled one and I just told um, the midwife, I said, you know, I had a bladder prolapse um, and I just, I would like to just get checked and, and see how things are. And um, before I could even say anything else, she goes, well, I'm going to need to check you standing up. Because it's fine to check you laying down, but it's better to check you standing up. And right. that was the first time I felt like, oh, there's a provider that knows a little bit of something, you know. I know, because um, when you check for a prolapse, when you're laying down with your feet in stirrups, that's like the least practical. That's, that's when your pelvic floor is the most less, least taxed, most supportive. That's the least practical place to see when yeah. you're prolapse symptom but sometimes you still have prolapse symptoms in that position but that's a pretty severe situation if they're not checking you standing up then they're not really assessing what you know what's going on in your real life so I I think that's great that she checked you standing up and what did she feel and she said you have no prolapse yeah. I said, no, like, it's only been a year. Like, my bladder was prolapsed. It was pretty bad. You know, and I'm, like, talking her into diagnosing, <laughs> you know, like, no, no. <laughs> and she goes, no, I'm telling you that your bladder is in the top one-third, and you you have no prolapse. Everything yeah. feels great. Everything is exactly where it should be. Yeah. And I remember being shocked and being like, so I can have kids? Like, can we have more kids? And she was like, absolutely, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. And um, so that was just the best news. And at that point, I was like, okay, I am stronger. And now I want to really dig into core foundations and set myself up for going into the next pregnancy incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. But then I activated my core foundation. And I think three days later, found out I was pregnant. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, like, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one thing that you said that I think is, is valuable information is that you were, you were doing the work um, from what you learned just from prenatal core, um, which is foundational information. Um, and um, you, but you noticed things changing when your baby started, um, when you kind of hit that six month stage. And one of the things that we educate you guys on is the influence of your hormones um, on how your body heals and um, pregnancy hormones and breastfeeding hormones keep our, keep us all of our ligaments a little bit on the loose side. Um, so there's increased laxity in the connective tissue, um, in some of the ligaments, in some of the structures, but also our body prioritizes lactation over everything else. So it's hard for your body to feed a baby from the juice of your boobs and also heal your body at the same time effectively. It's hard to do everything mm -hmm. well do everything but it's hard to do everything well and it's hard to build muscle um and still have enough 
uh, natural body fat to insulate our body to make the breast milk. It's a, it's an interesting thing. We think that we can just do it all, and mm-hmm. um, and we try to ask our body to do it all, and then we get really disappointed when it doesn't do it all perfectly. But the reality is, um, it prioritizes your baby first as you know survival of the species, um, and then as the baby has a little bit less requirements of you, your hormones start to shift, and it gets a little bit easier for your body to to work on the other pieces. But really, not until the baby's completely weaned do you get back to your full capacity, full healing capacity, and your normal. Um, kind of hormonal balance. And so I think that's important for people to have that grace and patience with themselves. It doesn't mean that the work you were doing was not helping you, but it does go sometimes slower when people are nursing and not to tell people to not nurse, but just to, to be, you know, be respectful of what you're, what you're asking your body to do, because we take for granted really the miracle of what it's doing by nursing a baby. So I think that you, you notice that, I don't know if you put it together on your own or if you um, figured that out based on some of the education we gave you that that was kind of a, a turning point for you. Yeah, I, well, I knew it from the prenatal course and the education there, which really helped me. I feel like to have the correct mindset Like I wasn't nursing my three month old thinking, you know, my kegels should be stronger. I should be able to hold them for longer. I I went at it like, okay, they told me that my body's producing these hormones and that's going to kind of hinder my progress here. So I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm just going to keep plugging away slow and steady. And one day she won't be nursing anymore. And those hormones will be out of circulation and things will go along quicker. So I feel like having that education helped me to have the right mindset and the right yeah. focus appropriate expectations of your body mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. you know you mentioned kegels several times and i think a lot of people are like well kelly's not like a big proponent of kegels there's just no other word for what we teach uh, it's pelvic floor connection it's you know yeah. and it's not squeeze 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 we're not having you do tons of squeezes throughout the day um so much of our our core and pelvic floor work is about alignment and connection and no coordination of the muscles and knowing when muscles need to be active and when they need to be relaxed and when they need to be engaged. And um, part of what we do with our kegels is tell, tell them how often, what, how many kegels you were doing when you say kegels, like, um, so I, one of the things you had mentioned in the video was doing them when you had gone to the bathroom. And so I was like, I can do that. (laughs) So I just did it every other time. Yeah. Every every time time I went to the bathroom, bathroom, you did like what, two kegels? Um, Yeah, I would, I would just do a couple and then Uh it slow, I slowly worked up to like holding for 10 seconds and then doing 10 quick ones, holding for 10 seconds, doing 10 quick ones. But I could not do that. When I first started, I mean, when I first started, I could do like three at a time, quick ones. There was no holding for sure. Right. Right. Um, But I just gradually, I just, I tried, I mean, some days I was discouraged and I had plenty of tears, Um, but I just kept persevering. And I just kept saying, even if I can only do three, maybe in a few weeks, I'll be able to do four, you know, and I just kept 
Well, and the reason, the reason I mentioned that is because I, I think that there could be an overemphasis on just squeeze, squeeze, squeezing, right? Mm-hmm. Not what we encourage, but because we have you do it um, when you go to the bathroom, which is a time when you naturally relax your pelvic floor, we know that there's the relaxation component happening so that you can pee. And then it's a connection. And, and really, we're having you do like where we work on the slow lift part where you talk about the hold we have the like squeeze and release part um which is what you were saying the quick ones and then the relaxation piece so it's really about understanding the slow twitch the fast twitch the relaxation of that muscle and being able to connect to it um multiple times throughout the day but not like thousands of them we're not doing a hundred at a stoplight we're you know we're doing a couple a couple times a day so that you are aware of where that muscle is so that when you cough you know to lift up when you lift you know to connect the core and the pelvic floor in that lighter and lifted feeling and um and and that connection can help you especially when muscles have gotten stretched out um and you've been really disconnected because you've had multiple pregnancies right yes and i thought that that was one of the i think it is one of the most helpful realistic things about the tummy team approach is that you're not asking women to completely alter their lifestyle or find 45 minutes to incorporate this workout into a day that they don't have that time you know it's just very and you give great suggestions i did an e session with you that was really helpful about because I was having a hard time fitting the stretches in, you know, I was doing the exercises, but not really the stretches because I was kind of like, well, I don't, I don't really have three minutes to sit on my bed and, and do X, Y, or Z or lean up against the wall, you know, and you really helped by giving me just everyday times where I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. You're right. Well, my kids are brushing their teeth and I'm standing there to make sure they don't sit on each other. <laughs> I can do the stretches in the door frame, you know, just yeah. things like that where it really is easy to to adopt this lifestyle that has us have correct core alignment and strength and just work it into our everyday lives and the things that we're already doing. Right. That's that. Yeah, that's one of my strengths, I think, is to really look at those creative ways to make it functional and meaningful and to get people to be consistent. Um, and I think, um, it is a lifestyle and um, everybody, just about everybody underestimates the power of the stretches um, because they're all thinking, I'm weak. I need, I need, mm-hmm. so I'm going to prioritize the strength, but the strength that we need is in structural postural muscles. So the, the stretches release the muscles that are like, encouraging us to collapse or to like our, our, our compensation patterns allow for certain muscles to get tight. And when those muscles are tight, and then we're trying to use a weaker strategy to beat that tight strategy, the tight strategy is going to win every time in that scenario. So I, if I can get people to think, okay, if I release these muscles, now I've just created opportunity for the postural muscles and the structural muscles to be in the position and have the feedback they need to just do what they're naturally designed to do. 
it's so much less about the actual exercises as much as it is about creating opportunities for your body to function the way it was designed. And so that's where those stretches come in. And you're right. It, it can be a little daunting because I think in the whole course of core foundations, there's maybe a dozen stretches, which feels like, oh my gosh, that seems like so much. But, but a lot of times I talk you through in the program, what are your priorities? What is going on with your body? And I give you strategies, but even in an e-session, even more so, I can really look at what is, you know, you know, what are the ages of your kids? What are those kids doing? What is, what is your routine look like? When can we organically, you know, slip this little stretch into your life so that your body has more opportunity to use its core effectively. And I think if people look at it that way, we're creating opportunities, then it feels less like a chore and it feels more like a mission, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. And that was because I was kind of overwhelmed by the amount of stretches. And it's kind of like, well, which ones do I want to do? And the E session that was a huge benefit to it was, as we talked through the ages and stages of my kids and the fact that I was pregnant um, at the time of doing core foundations, you know, we picked three that I should focus on. And then I just implemented those three. And it and then I now I actually consistently do them because I found, like you mentioned, organic ways to work them in. Yeah. And so it no longer feels like this this thing I got to fit in at some point. It's just like, oh, well, you know, it's time to brush our teeth. I'm going to stretch now. And, you know. Right. I like to piggyback things onto self-care we're already doing. And people are like, I don't do any self-care. I'm like, most of you brush your teeth twice a day. So that's self-care. <laughs> most of us take a shower at least every other day. That's self-care. You know, like things that you don't even consider or even parenting postures, you know, like how we have you can you can do a stretch at the changing table and different things like that. Um, we try to get creative and because I know I'm 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 my my worst client like I am the worst PT client I I have to build it into my day or I won't be consistent and we all know what consistency the day right we need to find ways to be consistent without feeling like we're you know like we have another chore on our day but this is Mm -hmm. this so life-giving you usually feel so much better when you're doing it and when you've accomplished some of it um that it, it can be motivated, especially as you start feeling yourself getting better. It's easy to to invest in it because you can tell the benefits are are paying off, right? Oh, a hundred percent. When this pregnancy with our fifth baby, I was thirty three for most of it, and I felt better and stronger in this pregnancy than in several past pregnancies, I kind of felt like it was my first pregnancy all over again in terms of strength and energy. I felt really good. You know, I just, I didn't feel broken or weak. I, and, um, I kept my DR pretty much virtually closed and, um, got through delivery. And now I'm four months postpartum and my DR is a finger to a finger and a half at, you know, different places. And I'm still nursing completely and no prolapse symptoms. Yeah. Your pelvic floor is doing good. How was, um, 
So one thing that we skipped over in your panic, when you first found out you had the prolapse, you had your husband get a vasectomy, right? I did. I did. I did. That is the ultimate panic. (laughs) Oh, because I was like, I'm 31 and my organs are falling out of place. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and, you know, with my husband too, our, our number kids, two, three, and four were in within four years. So it was like, I'm, I'm physically falling apart. He was working full time and in college full time. So someone was always crying, you know, so he was like, that's fine. I'll sign myself up. Right. And then then you reversed it when you felt better. You're like, I don't, that might've been a rash decision. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And it was so, cause I'm like, man, this, it, it, I will say it was a good life lesson in not making rash decisions because I'm like, man, this is expensive to undo this. What we felt was a decision made out of fear and panic um, because I was kind of like, you, you cannot get me pregnant. Like you, you, you cannot get me pregnant right now. Like I'm, my bladder is going to fall out of my body. I can't, right. you know? Um, so yeah. And he, we paid for it to get reversed and uh, we went into it knowing like, it's not always successful. And so we just were like, well, we're, we're going to take the financial hit to reverse it. And Lord willing, we'll have more children. And if not, okay. Um, but we got pregnant really quickly after. <laughs> <laughs> you did. And so that pregnancy was good. How was your birth with baby number five? Um, baby number five. I am so thankful. I've done all like the several years now of the tummy team lifestyle and exercises. Um, Baby number five was a precipitous labor. I went from nothing to pushing in three hours. Um, He was face up. I've never like the, the back labor. I have never experienced to that degree. I just, I was begging for an epidural. At one point I told the, my midwife, I said, I don't, I don't even care what drugs you have. I will just take whatever you have, whatever is here now. I cannot wait. Like, it's really I, hard when you have a fast labor like that. Everybody's like, oh, I wish I had a fast one. Well, you have to do the oh. same amount of changes in a really short amount of time. It's incredibly intense and sometimes scary, right? It Yeah, it was really scary. And it was scary to hear myself say things like that to her because I've never felt like out of control like that in any of my labors. I'm usually really good about breathing through things. I'm usually very calm. Like I'm excited, but calm. And I, I felt completely out of control. And the fact that I was, I mean, I was so desperate for any type of pain relief. Like she could have shot me up with anything and I would have been happy. Like I was just (laughs) losing my mind. Um, and then I've never pushed for more than 15, 20 minutes. Like I, I, especially with baby number four, I did the laboring down and, mm-hmm. um, you know, pushing the tummy safe way. And mm-hmm. even then she came very fast. Um, but I pushed for 45 minutes and, um, he, he never ended up turning. So he came out face up. Oh, gosh. Um, and I remember right after having him, um, you know, this is all during just the crazy COVID lockdown. So like my, my kids couldn't come, 
you know, there were people that were staying with our kids, but my husband left shortly after. And I remember just holding our new baby and just crying because I was sure that I had blown all the work that I had done mm-hmm. with pushing for that long and having a face up baby. I was just sure that it was all going to go south. You know, that I was going to, within a week or so, have a prolapsed bladder and everything. And my, I was sure that my DR was ripped wide open. You know, I was just really a hormonal mess. <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. And the reason... It didn't. The reason I, I talk about this is because a lot of times people... um want to invest in our prenatal core training and want kind of a, a guarantee that they're going to have a certain type of birth. Right. And mm-hmm. there are no guarantees with birth. Right. There's, but no. what I, what I try to consistently say is, you know, we can help you have a strong pregnancy. We can help set the stage for, you know, a, a supported birth. Um, but we can, we can pretty much guarantee a better birth recovery, regardless of what happens in the birth, because there's a lot of wild cards in birth. There's just, there's so many different things going on that we cannot predict, but even you being prepared um, and having that muscle memory in a really kind of fast, somewhat traumatic birth, you know, Mm -hmm. different, um, you still were really connected to your body. And that's what helps you postpartum to really kind of reconnect is that muscle memory that you've been building up for months going into the delivery. Sure. Birth is still birth. It's still, you know, something big coming out of a small hole. It's a, it's a weird design that God thought up here, (laughs) you know, It's It's not a comfortable one. (laughs) Oh, it's like, really? That's supposed to come out of that? Um, Oh, yes. But it does. It happens and then it it heals. And um, so the work you did really did set you up to have, I know you were scared initially, but you probably pretty quickly start, you're only four months postpartum, right? And you can tell um, you have a, you've been having a better birth recovery, right? Oh, this has been the best recovery I've ever had. Like I, I didn't, and not that I pushed myself to be back at things. I did actually quite the opposite this time. Um, I was very, you know, my husband and I kind of came up with a plan. Um, and so I was very adamant that like the first two weeks, um, I'm going to be in bed or on the couch. Like if things don't get vacuumed or the kids are doing the dishes and, and they put away greasy it just is what it is you know yeah. just because we're gonna well. right we're gonna we're gonna rest and we're gonna recover and yeah. and I really feel like by the end of those two weeks I was shocked by how good I felt you know I kind of I just slowly did you know started right away with like the gentle tummy holds even while I was still in the hospital you know I just stand up to go to the bathroom I was just mindful of how I would exhale and just, you know, stand up tall. And, um, I, I've just been amazed. And I mean, sure. I did hold my breath in terms of like the weeks that my bladder had prolapsed with baby Mm -hmm. number four, when I hit that period with baby number five, I kind of held my breath. Like, what if this is just my body? You know, Mm -hmm. what if my bladder just prolapses at this week every time? 
but it didn't. And so I've just continued to go forward. And then during the most recent sale, your birthday sale, I bought the floor of your core add-on. And I thought, and my plan is, because I am nursing, you know, once baby hits six months and things, you know, nursing gradually begins to start to taper off, then I'm going to do the floor of your core add-on, you know, just to give myself more tools in my tool belt, continue to strengthen my body and, you know, live a strong lifestyle. Yeah. Be proactive because motherhood is a big part of your identity, right? And Mm -hmm. like training for your job, you know, this is, this is the training for your job. Um, And if you want to have a large family, which you have a large family, you know, this is how it's more than being strong just for the birth. It's being strong for motherhood, which is Mm -hmm. far past, you know, the delivery room. Right. And the, the two, the, the few weeks of like pretty, significant rest you gave yourself after delivery is so crucial, so crucial for everybody, not just people that have a history of pelvic floor issues, but for everybody. And that's not what our culture promotes. Our culture kind of back on the wagon, get your skinny jeans on and get back out there doing all the stuff. But that it's, it, it, the birth community refers to it as the fourth trimester and that three months postpartum really um, nurturing and honoring and helping and respecting your body um, to allow it to heal without asking it to do too much too fast. And, um, and it's not being lazy, it's being proactive and um, supportive because, you know, you just push something big out of your body. And now you're keeping it alive. Like I said, with the juice of your boobs. So this is a big deal. This is, uh, this isn't like a part-time job. This is a full-time job, what you just did. And you do have other kids and a family and responsibilities, but the most you can really simplify your life and, um, decrease expectations on unnecessary things and what's unnecessary is different for every person, but yeah, the house will be clean again. The, the, you know, just need the bare minimum to kind of get through that that season and it'll be so worth it and and I think that you've been really you've learned a lot and you've incorporated a lot and it actually it can feel like a restriction but it actually has given you freedom right it really has it oh yeah it really has I mean it's it's given us freedom I mean it's helped us achieve our dreams of having more kids you know and allowed us that freedom as well to kind of make that decision not based out of fear, fear. or panic, you know. And yeah. unfortunately, my husband's had to go through two surgeries due to <laughs> my uh, my spiraling. But I remind him, I'm like, I've given us five children. Like, yeah, you're you two two things too. There's a little give right. and take there. <laughs> right, you're still down three, so let's call it a draw. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, um, and, and how are your um, newborn parenting postures going? Good. Very good. I, um, I just, I, the biggest thing is just getting baby up to me, you know, and um, I feel like 
I did pretty good with baby number four, you know, because it was the idea of not being hunched over was, was new to me. That's how I had nursed previously. Right. Um, and so with baby number four, I felt like it was kind of work to remember to be like that, to like, be like, oh yeah, I need, I need to get her up more. I need, I need another pillow. Um, but this time around, just that posture has become so natural to me that it just seems like just, I just slipped right back into it and I've got pillows everywhere. Um, <laughs> we just, it's it's even more enjoyable and now it's kind of nice because he's four months and so he's getting a little bit more um I would say helpful with his own feedings you know he can kind of sit up a little bit more or we're getting to the stage where we could lay down to nurse and that's always that's just a huge milestone to me when we can just lay down yeah yeah well that's so great that's so great well, what it sounds like you've already kind of answered this, but one of the things that I like to ask everybody is if there was one thing that you wish you had known sooner, um, what would it be? Um, I, I mean, it, it's hard to make it one thing, right? <laughs> it's hard, but I guess if I went with an overarching general one it would it would be posture because so much of the mom posture is hunching bending scooping doing those repetitive motions that I just feel like just even being aware of your posture and just standing tall and walking tall yeah really do a lot for your core you know I five years ago I would have sat on the bed and slumped while I talked to you but now I've just sat up straight or stood up tall for the entire time we've talked because that's just natural for me now. Right. You know, and it's funny. I just had another conversation about posture. I have lots of conversations about posture with a lot of clients. I had a client earlier today um, in an e-session and, you know, we were talking about how much our parents would be like, stand up, watch your posture. Stand mm-hmm. up. We've heard it. We've all heard it our whole life. Right. But oh, yeah. I think that if, if I, if there's one thing that I have done well in my education is explaining why posture is so mm-hmm. important and giving people that understanding of, you know, if you look at your body as a machine, it is, it's a very complex machine, right? It's, it's amazing. If we look at our body as a machine, there's an ideal Um, alignment for the machine to work well. And when we put our body in that alignment, all the parts work well, not just our arms and our legs, but our organs, you know, and Mm -hmm. our our nervous system, our um, attention span, our respiratory system, our digestive system, everything works better. And there's an ideal alignment and there's less than ideal alignments. And we can be in a less than ideal alignment and function kind of like you could drive with your car tire completely out of alignment. And you you could do decent, you might not get great gas mileage, it might not be a very smooth ride, but you could kind of do it fine in town. But if you're going on a road trip from here to the Grand Canyon, that car is going to break down, you know, and And so, so, and, and can we really blame the car if we weren't 
even if we didn't care and we weren't looking at it. And so I just feel like the one thing that we've learned, or I've, I feel like I've done a good job at teaching people is why posture is important and then giving you easy, doable strategies to transform your posture into that optimal alignment. I'm not looking for people to go from like the hunchback of Notre Dame up to like a supermodel tall posture in a day. We kind of take it in steps and and build the muscles and rebalance all of those compensation patterns and give you strategies and tools and little tricks and life hacks so that you'll you'll get there but then once you do your body feels really great and all kinds of things get better um that you didn't even think were connected you know yeah i completely agree and it's and to me it's just encouraging to know that by having good posture and by just walking mindfully and tall like all of that is working for me you know it's just it's nice to know how much of our everyday just living and doing can can be core strengthening for us when we're doing it the right way. Absolutely. And it it takes off that pressure and that guilt of I'm not in some intense workout every day. I'm not mm-hmm. I, I should be working out. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm not anti-fitness. I'm just saying there's a lot of demands of our everyday life that we could um, take advantage of and use as opportunities for us to be strong for those everyday things. And you're doing that and it's giving you the family you want and helping you probably be more present um, with the kids that you have. And that's, that makes me happy. Yes. It's been, we're, I'm very thankful for the tummy team. My husband is too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Even though we, it meant, you know, a reverse mastectomy. But it's another baby. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's really fun to hear from you. And um, it's, it's an honor for me to be a part of your story to help you in this way that was just so um, meaningful and helpful for you. It makes me happy. It makes me, you know, it reminds me of why I do this work um, is to hear stories like this. So I really appreciate you taking the time with all of your kids to um, set aside this hour to talk to me. Um, It means a lot. Thanks a lot, Katie. Oh, thanks, Kelly. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I hope that Katie's story was inspiring to you and um, maybe something that you you want to share with a friend, maybe somebody that has been discouraged and overwhelmed that you could share this uh, podcast with them. Part of why we do this podcast is to help us all remember that we're not alone, that we're more alike than we are different. And we have a common humanity that we can learn from each other and be encouraged by each other. And so I hope you guys are well wherever you are, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.